Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're back each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Uh, Adam, I want to start off with this right away because I know you kept abreast of everything that happened at the owners' meetings. Um, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they were there talking, the new coach and GM. I continue, and I want your thoughts, since I continue to find this whole Derek Carr, when he's getting the extension, what the extension is going to be fascinating. And I try not to read between the lines of quotes, but when Josh McDaniels came out and said something to the effect of Derek's got to do what's best for him. We have to do what's best for us. It's just amazing to me. Maybe not that I should be that there hasn't been an agreement, but I can't wrap my head around that. I keep thinking that I'm not sure how invested they are in him, even though I think they're going to sign him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to get done too. It's, it's tricky though. And I think it's going to be tricky and I'll say this and like I'm thrown off because I, I talked to a couple of people, you know, about that, listen to the podcast. And they said, I said something a couple of weeks ago that I didn't actually say. So I'm going to be more careful of how I say things. If I were the Raiders, there's no chance I would pay them more than 30 million a year. And if I was Derek Carr, there's no way I would take less than like 38 million a year. So when you have that discrepancy, there is going to be a tricky negotiation back and forth. And it's not just a matter of giving him, you know, another seven, $8 million, whatever it is. Like you have to worry about the salary cap and you have to worry about fitting him in and who are you going to have to cut? If you do sign, you know, for seven, $8 million more than you want to, like those things are considerations. So you have to, you know, as they said, they, this, you know, the, the phrase was find a sweet spot and that makes sense. Right. What is, what is not going to be, disqualifying for you in terms of a contract and what is the guy going to take? I have to imagine the Raiders on some level, even if they didn't articulate it or talk to Derek Carr about it felt like if they went and did everything he wanted this off season, including going to get Devonte Adams, not only the best receiver, but his friend um, that they figured Derek Carr would take less uh, in terms of an extension. And I'm sure Derek Carr and and not maybe not even him, his agent and everybody on his side, his team, you know, team car were, were like, Hey, thanks for getting all that. But that doesn't mean we're taking less. And I think that that's where you start. Let me ask you this though, because I've always thought that it wasn't and correct me if I'm wrong. I've always thought that it wasn't as much the money, but the term like, and we're going to get into what McDaniel said about drafting a young quarterback and kind of developing a guy. Like if it's 30 million to 38 million, I still think push comes to shove. You go 33, 34 and you move on. But talk to me about what you think the term is. How many years do you think they want to be tied to him or invested in him? And is that more the issue here than just kind of coming to a sweet spot on, okay, we'll come together in the middle on the money. Sure. I think it's term, but I also think it's guarantee. And, you know, Deshaun Watson and his deal has set a new market, a new precedent. He made a lot of people really rich. Sure. And a lot of other people besides him and outside of him, other quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I actually heard discussion from some people that are fairly inside 
um, you know, not decision makers necessarily NFL, but people that understand this, this dynamic in this business that said, Deshaun Watson's contract not only not only is going to change what quarterbacks get and how quarterbacks negotiate, it might change the rules of the NFL. Like you might have to come to some sort of agreement where quarterback salaries don't count against the cap, which would be really tough to do, considering you know there is an advantage to teams that go out and get a quarterback on a rookie deal, and we know how vital that is. You know, teams that are on a rookie deal look no further than the Bengals. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you can sign all these other guys. And, you know, not have to pay your quarterback that much. And, and it's an advantage. So I don't know how they would make that happen. I don't know how they would go through that process. It would be really, really difficult to come to that kind of an agreement in the new CBA when they do it down the road, or if they try to, you know, pause right now and say, Hey, let's figure this out. It is going to change a lot of things because Deshaun Watson getting a fully guaranteed contract is completely changing the dynamic of the position and the, and the contracts that oh. come in. Just like we, you know, Patrick Mahomes deal and Josh Allen's deal kind of did the same thing, but this is a totally different level. So, you know, it could be, it could be a discrepancy in guaranteed money. It could be a discrepancy in length of contract. I'm sure Carr would like, you know, four extra years on the deal, maybe even five. And I'm sure the team is looking at two. Yeah. Like th- that's probably where they are. And so, so yeah, you can, you can come to all these things and say, all right, if he wants, five years, 40 a year. And the team wants two years, 30 a year. All right. You can do three or four for 34, 35, whatever. You can figure that out maybe, but it could be an issue of guaranteed money. It could be a lot of different things. And by the way, we're not really going to know. They're not going to talk about it. I mean, I look no further than, you know, Dave Ziegler told me on the record and I wrote the story that Max Crosby's extension wasn't really being talked about. And it could be something that came up maybe generically later in the off season. And like right. a week later, they right. signed the deal. Right. Like that. So the, the, this, these are, and I think this is a good thing, by the way, I'm not, I'm not ripping them. This is the Patriots. This is, yeah. we're not going to talk about it. We're going to yeah. do it. And you're not going to know about it. We're not going to leak anything. And this is how they run an organization. And it sucks for us. It sucks for the fans at times. Maybe uh, the fans that are really plugged in and want to know, but you know, nobody's going to really talk and they're going to go and, and get deals done. And we might think it's nowhere close and it's very close. And we might think it's, it's very close and it's not close at all. Like we're not going to know, which I think is a really good thing. It's a way to run an organization. It's just not ideal for us. Do you think, and we've talked about this in the past. Um, let's say that they just, there's an impasse that like you said, we're not going to know about it. I I'm with you on that. I don't have a problem with that. Announce it when you're going to announce it. Eventually everyone's going to know anyway. It's not usually, kind of what the business you and I are in, but if that's how they play it, that's how they play it. I'm not going to get like upset about it. That's how they handle things. And I do think it's the new England way. So you know what, win as much as new England did and no one's going to have a problem with anything you do. Um, If there is a major impasse, I think you and I've talked about this before. Do you think it comes up to training camp? Could you see Derek Carr holding out? Well, they've kind of changed the, the dynamics of holding out when they're actually under contract and, um, it would cost them a lot of money. And I don't think they have the ability to waive that. Um, so I don't necessarily think it would happen, but I've said that like, I would do everything I could to not be there. If I didn't have a new contract, there's no way there, there's no way if I'm Derek Carr. And by the way, I'm, I'm saying it on both sides, I'm not just giving him the deal that he wants if I'm the Raiders, but if I'm Derek Carr, I'm not playing on this contract. There's no way. Right. I'm not either. You're either. going to the last year of the deal. You're making under market value. When you signed the deal, it was above market value. Right, right. Uh, but, but now it's under market value. You're going to the last year with no guarantees after this. No chance on playing on this deal. So 
yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Now, does that mean that just before, just before training camp, I'm taking a lesser deal? It'd be really tough. It'd be really tough to decision that you have to have with your family and people around you to say, Hey, look, I, it's better for me to have a little bit of security and take a little bit less money than it is to go play this deal and potentially you get a season or a career ending type of injury and not having anything yeah. beyond this. Um, maybe you take less and maybe that, maybe that's the team's gamble that they, they make him wait until right before training camp and know that he's going to take whatever you give him because he's not going to hold out and he's not going to play on this deal. So maybe that's the gamble the team's taking. I don't know. I don't um, think, there's there's any, I, I don't think any, there's any way I would play on that deal. I would never plan that. I certainly wouldn't. And, and like I said, the, for the, for the Raiders, I'm not just giving in and giving them an amazing deal, but I'm, if I'm him, I'm not taking this deal. So uh, it's, it's a tricky situation. I think that's why he said uh, what he said about in the army car. I mean, um, I mean, Ziegler about in McDaniels about finding that sweet spot and finding something that works for both the team and for car. Like that's where you want to be. It's pretty clear now that they want to work with him going forward and they want him to be the quarterback. And with all the shuffling that went on, they, they weren't really players. So they, they want him to be the guy, but it's going to have to work for both sides. And that means finding a deal that, that works where you can sign other players and they are coming from a place. And, you know, it's been talked about many times that Tom Brady played for less than market value because he wanted to have other players added to the roster and he took less of the Patriots and that's where they come from. And, and other players have done the same thing to play for the Patriots, but that doesn't mean that you have to like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're selfish. If you don't do that, it's, you know, you're doing what's best for you and your family. It's a business. And, and this has always been a business. And I've always believed that, you know, for right or wrong, this is not like an allegation report. I just had a belief that there was something to some of those deals in new England where they're like, Hey, well, you'll take less money, but when you're done with your career, here's an ownership stake or something like that along those lines. Like I've always believed that guys were taking less money for another reason. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I just, I don't think you should expect that guys do that just in order to get other players on the team. It's not really fair to you and your family to do that. This is a business and you're supposed to get whatever you can. Uh, Josh McDaniels at the owner's meeting. Here's a quote that he talked about when they were talking about quarterbacks and possibly drafting a younger one to come in at the end of the day, what we'd like to do is get in a cycle where we find people that we can bring in and train and develop a great thing for a quarterback is to have time and a system continue to develop year after year, not bring him in for years, sit there and say, okay, we got to do it again. That's a pain in the butt sometimes. Um, interesting. Uh, he says, we're going to try to draft the best players available. If we draft three of the same position in a row, because they're clearly the three best players when it's our turn to draft. I mean, you make that a strength, the stronger interesting that he's not done at quarterback and he wants more in the room. Do you correlate any of this to the car situation? If they now, first of all, they only have a, their first pick in this year's draft so far as the third, they can also trade. Uh, obviously they can trade up, try to get into the second, perhaps the first, we don't really know. I've been asking a bit, something you put out there about what would they have to give up to get a first round pick. But do you correlate this to all to the car situation that if he really liked someone, get him on a rookie deal. And that's why if the term for car is a short term, you have someone waiting in the wings. Yeah. And that makes sense for, for how they want to develop things. I mean, this is the, you know, this is definitely, if you just think about it, if you think in terms of what the Patriots have done, it's the Jimmy Garoppolo plan. And in their case, it didn't really work out because, you know, they expected Brady to only play like two more years and they'd have Garoppolo to take over three years on a rookie deal and uh, never really happened because Brady was going to stick around forever. And I don't think you can expect that of anybody. I think that's what you would want to do. I think ideally you, you give Carr two more years and 
Um, if, if he's playing at the top of his game and you want to continue going forward, you can, but I think they'd love to have a guy that's in the system for two years behind car that they drafted and developed and can play if they need him to can stick him in there. If he has to play a game here and there, if cars hurt or something else is going on, but that you're developing him to be ready for his third season, say, uh, I think that's what they would love to do. I think that's what all teams would love to do, but you don't always have that luxury. I mean, you know, you could, you know, you could, you could draft a guy and expect him to play in two years and maybe he's never going to be the guy and you see in right, practice, he's right. not going to be ready or right. he can come into practice and be like a superstar. Like, you know, the, uh, it's a different scale because he was drafted very highly, but you know, Pat Mahomes was brought in to be a backup. And then by the end of his first year, they're like, Oh no, we need to play this guy. Like this guy is going to be unbelievable. And they had to move on from Alex Smith. And you know, the other cases, the, like we said, the Brady and, and Garoppolo move where you expected him to play three years down the road, but it got to that three years down the road and he wasn't wasn't anywhere near playing because Brady was there. So he had to trade him. So it, the best laid plans are, you know, they're always good on paper. Uh, don't always work out the way you want them to, but I think that's what they want to do. They want to get somebody in there. That's young. Obviously the sign Garrett Gilbert to come in there and be a backup if they need them, but they want to have somebody they're developing. They want to have somebody that they can pay not a whole lot of money to, but can be in the system and, and be ready. And whether that's drafting somebody or signing somebody after the draft, that you just kind of groom, we'll find out. But it's not like the Raiders have a bunch of picks that they can use on, um, you know, a developmental quarterback. They've only got five picks right now in the draft. Uh, so they're going to have to be a little creative maybe in how they bring somebody in. And just because you want to bring somebody in doesn't mean it's going to fall to you in the way that it works out. You could have your eye on somebody that gets picked or you could have somebody else like, you know, all of a sudden somebody falls to you that didn't expect to fall to you. And you're like, well, we have to take this guy. We can't use this on a quarterback pick. Uh, a lot of things can go sideways, but I think right now that's exactly what they want to do. They want to have a quarterback that they bring in that they can groom and three years from now be ready to play. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. I thought it was interesting and funny that uh, Dave Ziegler talked about, you know, they didn't do anything for the first few days of uh, of um, free agency and everyone was freaking out. You saw on Twitter, the Raider fans, my God, what a bunch of nut jobs going crazy about how, you know, they're not doing anything. What's happening. We're getting caught up. Dave Ziegler had a great quote um, that the guys he grew up with kept him in check and they would send him all the memes of uh, clown faces with Dave Ziegler guys asleep at the wheel of the car. Um, but he was laying some groundwork work, um, you know, maybe not done still. I still think they need to make a move on the offensive line some way. Now that might, that might be through the draft to, uh, try to get a guard or someone in there. If there's, I don't know how many, you know, there's not many starting tackles in the third, third round on in, unless you get really lucky, but let me have your overview. You know, after Dave Ziegler said that I actually walk away from this so far thinking they did after those first two days, a lot better than I thought they were going to do. And in, in some ways with Devonte Adams, they hit home runs. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I kind of thought after they hadn't done much the first couple of days that they were going to go the route that I thought they should go, which was to, to go to a full rebuild and kind of trade guys away and uh, build up and get a bunch of draft picks. Um, God, on a side note, I, I just, I was just reminded again yesterday that Oklahoma city's process is still ongoing. Obviously they're terrible in basketball, but they've got 14 first round picks yeah. in like the next three 14. years. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is nuts. Like that's, that's how I build teams. That's what I would do. If I was a general manager, I would have just a ton of first round picks coming up the next couple of years and just build with all this talent and, and try to win, you know, three, four years down the road. But 
that's not really the position the Raiders are in. Obviously they want to do well in a new market and all those things. And, you know, Josh McDaniels in his second stint as a head coach doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. I mean, you know, he, he, as he said, he was a failure his first time. I think that's strong, but that's his words. He said he was a failure his first time as a coach. And it'd be kind of tough to ask him to rebuild um, for a couple of years in his second stint as a coach. So they want to win now and they were aggressive and they went out and made some good moves. But I think the, the key part of what he said and that being Dave Ziegler and at the owner's meeting was like, he clearly, and I've said this a couple of times, you know, talking to him and being around him a little bit, he's a pretty normal guy. I know uh, one of the quotes about Josh McDaniel, Josh McDaniels had about Dave Ziegler that I loved was he's the kind of guy that even though he's the boss, if he walks in in the morning and the coffee's not made, he's not going to yell at somebody for not making coffee. He's just going to go make coffee. Right. Right. And right. and that like that, that, that says a lot about him as just kind of a normal guy. And those are just words I get, but I think it's important that you have people in your life that are willing to kind of make fun of you and tease you and, and go at you. Because if you're not, you're probably not very approachable. You're probably not very normal. So, so the fact that his friends from growing up are, you know, even though he's this big successful NFL executive now that his friends are willing to, Hey man, look what they're saying about you on Twitter. Look at this and laughing at you and taunting you a little bit. I just think that's a good sign as a person overall, when you've got friends that are willing to do that. I mean, the, the people I think that get to a point where they're, you know, they're immune to criticism are the people that don't have those kind of people around them. I don't, uh, I don't drink coffee. I would not make it. Well, I would have, I would just make a run to Starbucks for everyone. I wouldn't make it either. I don't know how to make it. I don't know how to make coffee. Do you, do you know how to put the coffee in those little white plastic things? Paper the things? filters? Pa- the paper things. Yeah. The filters. Okay. And you pour the, you pour the, is it the beans or the ground up stuff? Cause I think, it, well, I think my wife has gone to co- to Starbucks and you can buy either one. You can buy the beans and do it yourself, or you can buy the, you can do that. Like the thing that looked like ashes and you can pour, pour, pour those in there in, in the paper stuff and put it in the thing. I'm, I'm in a hotel right now looking literally at a coffee maker. And if I even attempted this, this room would burn down. There's no chance I would have any idea what to do right now. And I'm looking at has the cups, has the paper stuff, has some, uh, has some milk, uh, or some little things of milk. And I still would not have, to have any, I had to do how to do it. Well, you being the fancy gentleman you are, I figured you'd have a Keurig <laughs> machine in your room. You don't, have, you don't have a Keurig? I don't think it's a Keurig. It looks like just a coffee machine. It's kind of a fancy one, but it looks like just a regular coffee machine. It's plugged in. Maybe I had to pl- unplug it just, just in case. I don't want to like something to ever happen. Um, I mean, but I think I, you would do, I think what you do is you, you Google it, you look at the item, you Google it and it'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. That's not happening. I've never had coffee. You, you get, you, you get, you get up, you get on me about that though, because I've never had coffee yet. I've had Frappuccinos and I have right. cold and cold Frappuccinos, but to me, that's not really coffee. It's not coffee at all. No, it's a milkshake. It's a milkshake. Um, yeah. uh, we well, you, also, you also drink the peppermint hot chocolate with extra whip. Uh, grande peppermint, non-fat hot chocolate with peppermint, uh, with, with, with pepper, a splash of peppermint and extra whip. Yeah. <laughs> what about the drizzle? Yeah. It's chocolate, chocolate drizzle on top, Larry. You're right. I got the chocolate drizzle. I asked for the drizzle and, uh, yeah, that's, that's the drink. That's the drink. How about I used our to have other, the our, I'm off the Frappuccinos. One of our other friends today was like, Hey, are you picking up coffee? Can you grab mine? And then he sends the order and it's like light ice and substitute the flavoring for stevia. And I'm like, all right, you can order this yourself. Just like you, just, just if you, if you've got, if it's more than like three or four words and listen, I'm, I'm a, you know, 
I was going to say Starbucks. I'll, I'll say it. They're not a sponsor. That's fine. I'm a Starbucks guy and I get there's complicated orders and I've had complicated orders, but I would never ask somebody else to get a complicated order for me. If it's complicated, do it yourself. I, I, I have a feeling I know who the friend is. <laughs> he is a, a torn meniscus right now. Yes. Torn meniscus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for him. Um, uh, lastly, I want to talk about this because I did tease it a little, a little earlier. I know you Wait, put this hold, out there. Hold on, real, real quick, sorry to cut you off. It did just sound terrible that I'm complaining about somebody ordering and then I'm like, hey, it's a torn yes, meniscus. Yes. He's just handicapped right now. Yeah, he's handicapped, uh, so but you don't want to pick up his coffee. <laughs> right. I did realize that sounded bad, so I apologize. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll get the operation. I, I know I know the orthos is going to do the operation. They're the best there is. I think he's uh, for next be- Thursday. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. They'll have him in. They'll have that kid on weights by Saturday doing his weightlifting. Um, real quick here before we end, because we have talked about if they go back in the first or second round. And, you know, first round, I think it'd be tough. I mean, look, unless you're including Derek Carr, I guess. Um, but you put out there uh, something I thought was interesting to maybe get in the first round. And you included a tweet that included Darren Waller. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And I know you're going to cover the draft for us like you did every year and do your mock draft. But I started thinking about this. They have Devontae Adams. They have Hunter Renfro. I mean, Brian Edwards has finally got to step up and at least prove he can be a competent three, I guess. I mean, he's he's got to take a step forward, in my opinion, this year. Um, but to get into the ones, can they can do you think they can get back into the ones without giving up a player and just multiple picks? Or do you think it would take a player, depending on where in the ones? we're talking about well, let me first uh go back a second and say uh i was what i sent you was not something i put on twitter it was actually a preview of my mock draft that's coming out okay. on sunday oh, so okay. you, uh, then look at the review journal on sunday <laughs> you, gave, you gave away the uh, the lead okay. of the, the mock draft and that's right. fine okay um so i i don't know I don't know that it, that tr- so the, the rumor is out there just so everybody is on the same page here. The rumor is out there that Darren Waller could potentially be traded. Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons that rumor is out there. The question is, would a trade of Darren Waller get you a first round pick? I think it could potentially get you a pick near the end of the first round. Um, and there's one team in particular. And if you read the mock draft on Sunday, coming out of the review journal, you'll see. Um, I think there's one team in particular that they might be able to get a trade partner with uh, to make that happen. But the reasons aren't, it's not like Darren Waller is no good or anything along those lines. Um, And Darren Waller hasn't said this publicly. So this is just complete speculation on a lot of people's part. But the rumors floating out there, and that's kind of why we addressed it a little bit in the mock draft, that Darren Waller did sign a contract a couple of years ago. He, it was a pretty good deal for him at the time. He, I believe, has far outperformed that contract. I believe he should be making a lot more money than he is this year. Um, I think he's he's worth significantly more than what the Raiders are going to pay him this year. And so if I were him, again, this is not him saying it is not, we're not reporting this, anything like that. If I were him, I would be going to the team and saying, you're going to have to renegotiate. We're going to have to make more money. I would, because I think he's earned more money than he's about to get. And I think there's other teams out there that would pay him a lot more uh, on an extension, if he, you know, redo his contract and go there. Now he has two more seasons left, so he's kind of in a tough spot. He doesn't have a whole lot of leverage, but I think if he were to raise a stink about it, it's poten- it's potentially possible that they could make a move. And I think they could get back into the first round and uh, maybe get somebody that 
uh, is valuable that could help him out this year. And they do have Foster Moreau, by the way, who I think is incredibly talented and would probably be a starting tight end almost anywhere else in the league. Now, really? I think McDaniels, really? What's that? That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I listen, I think McDaniels probably when he looked at this roster, looked at Moreau and Waller and said, wow, that's, you know, without the drama, that's Gronkowski and Hernandez again. Like that's a great pairing of tight ends that we could really use and we can really benefit. We can really benefit from that. So I, I think they would love to, I don't think the Raiders have any desire to move Darren Waller. I think if he, if he were to force an issue, uh, if that were something that come up, maybe, maybe that's something that they think about. I, I think in the end it doesn't happen and hopefully people haven't turned it off and said, you said they were trading him. I don't think it happens in the end. All right. Um, but it's just something, it's something to monitor that if potentially they want to get back in the first round and Darren Waller wants out again, I don't know that that's the case, but that is of course, you know, social media rumors that are out there. If that were to happen, um, I think that's something to look for potentially to move them back into the first round. Otherwise I don't think they can get there. They don't have a whole lot of picks that they can work with. They could mortgage future picks, you know, maybe at next year's one and two, something like that to move back into the first, but yeah, you got to, you better really that. like someone to do that. Yeah. I don't think that I would do that. And I don't think there's anybody, you know, you're not obviously not making a move for a first round quarterback. I don't think. Um, so it would, it would take a lot and you'd really have to love somebody to get back into that yeah. first round. Um, and so I don't think it happens and I don't think a Waller trade happens, but it's something to have out there. It's something to, something to keep in mind. Well, look for that in the review journal on Sunday. We didn't want to give that away. I thought that was a tweet. Maybe I should keep up to date more on things that Adam is doing. Well, have I, all took, your... I took a picture while I was writing it and sent it to you and a couple other coworkers and said, what do okay. you think? So, I mean, it, it, it was on the phone. So, you know, maybe you thought it was a tweet from that, from that perspective. When uh, tell the people you're, you're starting on Sunday, how often will your mock draft come out? Might do one every week. We'll see how it's re- how it's received, and uh, not a whole lot of other you know huge surprises. But there is maybe maybe a quarterback going higher than most people might think. Okay, all right. Well, we'll look for that in the paper on Sunday. Adam does a great job, and he'll have all your draft coverage when the draft gets to Vegas. He'll be our main man covering the draft. Oh, that that must be a final score I just got on my phone. Well. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app, and find all our coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week as the draft gets closer here in Vegas. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.